NFL Plus is the league's first direct-to-consumer service, but is it a big enough response to tumbling traditional pay TV numbers? Listen on to find out more. of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and that was Colin Dixon right there at the beginning from Endscreen Media. Hi, Colin. How is everything going? It's going great, Will. I've been absolutely glued to the Lionesses playing in the Women's European Cup. And, oh, man, what a goal. Alicia Russo scored a backheel nutmeg to help England beat Sweden 4-0 to go to the final. So really exciting stuff. I really uh, loved it this week. Backheel nutmeg. I don't think I've heard that term before. No, it was a very unusual goal, very creative. And uh, the no goalie likes to be nutmegged. And the despair on the, on the Swedish goalie's face when that happened was uh, was something to see I tell you it's uh, anyway great game but uh, we have some really interesting stories to talk about this week we do uh, we've got a couple of news items and I think you're going to get us going with an international story I am going to get us going with an international story and this one uh, maybe maybe our listeners missed this but uh, there was an announcement that Warner Brothers Discovery will be distributing 11 HBO Max originals and 10 HBO Max original movies through Amazon Prime Video in India. Uh, Now, this is on the back of a discovery pulling back on the international rollout of HBO Max. And right now, I think it's we're still we're sort of believing that they're going to continue with the international rollout of HBO Max in in geographies like India eventually but it looks like in the interim Discovery is turning to its close partner Amazon Prime Video to distribute some of its top its top shows and it really is it's it's some of the some of their top material will there's the flight attendant is going to be in there and DC superhero series peacemaker a peacemaker are just like that and uh, sex in the city gossip girls the sex lives of college girls pretty little lies so it's a pretty impressive slate that it's handing over to amazon to use in that region but i wonder if this is a prelude to a, a broader relationship with amazon and a continuing pullback with international rollouts for hbo max i guess we'll have to wait and see we will. That's and it's been such a convoluted up and down relationship between HBO uh, and Amazon, right? Yeah, it has. But you know what hasn't been an up and down relationship is the relationship between Discovery and Amazon Prime Video. They've been very close partners for quite some time now, uh, in in both Europe and in uh, here in the US. So I guess we'll have to see how that that uh, develops. Anyway, what what caught your eye? Uh, caught my eye this week was Alphabet, Google reporting earnings, and YouTube, as always, was broken out and uh, still grew this quarter, quarter ending June 30th, grew at uh, YouTube advertising, grew to $7.3 billion. That was up about 5% from um, uh, previous. And however, it was a slowdown from the 14% increase in Q1 and also the 49% increase that 
YouTube advertising had seen in the quarter ending a year ago. So uh, clearly a slowdown. Um, Google Alphabet executives noted that they have seen a pullback among advertisers in this sort of macroeconomic climate. Um, that has been a theme across a lot of advertising supported media, uh, particularly in social media. We saw softness also reported from Snap, from Twitter, uh, from Meta, which is the parent of Facebook. So um, continued growth for YouTube is obviously good news, but um, things clearly slowing down a bit. Yeah, but you know what, Will, I was looking at the numbers and it looks to me like they're still probably going to put on about a 10%. If they, well, if they keep up this, this pace, this reduced pace, they'll still put on a 10% increase over last year's revenue, which would put them at about $32 billion in advertising revenue for YouTube this year. And I was looking at uh, eMarketer's total digital ad spending worldwide their forecast for this uh for this year they're saying 571 billion that would put youtube as the six percent of the total uh digital ad spend worldwide that's not bad for a single brand and i bet uh, of course if you were to add in google and its display ad business boy uh, google's taking a lot of that digital ad spend around the world isn't it no question about it. Uh, well, let's go ahead and transition to our main story this week, um, which you wrote about. And uh, football season is approaching, and NFL has launched, officially launched, their Plus service, NFL Plus. They have, um, and it is live on their site. You can go sign up right now. Uh, so this was this release of this new service was. I, I sort of looked at it because I was trying to puzzle out what the heck it is, Will. So here are the you know the basics. The service is two has two levels: four ninety nine a month and nine ninety nine a month. Uh, or you can sign up at the four ninety nine level for a year for twenty nine ninety nine, which is like it sounds pretty not 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 too expensive. Uh, that's a discount from thirty nine ninety nine. At least I don't know how long that discount is going to last. Um, so that sounds pretty good. What do you get? Well. You get live out-of-market preseason games across all your devices. But the big, the big catch with this service, Will, is the live games, the live regular season games and postseason games are to mobile devices only. You'll only be able to watch them on your phone and your tablet. So that's live local regular season and postseason and live primetime regular season and postseason games. They're only to mobile devices. Uh, but you can, if you want, listen to every live game audio through the service and uh, there's gonna, they're going to have a library of on-demand and ad-free content. At the upper level, if you sign up at $10 a month, you get full game replays across devices. You get condensed game replays across devices and you get coaches films and all of that is available ad-free. So that's, as I say, that's available right now. Uh, so you, uh, if people are interested, they might want to check it out and catch that uh, reduced rate for the annual price at the lower level. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really, as I say, I was really looking and trying to figure out who the heck this service is for, Will, because as I looked at it, 
you know, it occurs to me that there really is nothing in here that you can't get somewhere else, right? You can get all your live and local games. Uh, you can get those uh, through your pay television system or your, or even over the air with your local broadcaster. And that deal uh, NFL has done and is secure through 2033. So there's that. You can get the condensed stuff. At least they were releasing that through YouTube last season. I don't know if they'll continue to do that this season but you can certainly get that there. So it didn't seem to me like there was anything that was exclusive. Maybe the coaches, coaches film, maybe that's an exclusive at the upper tier level. I really wasn't sure who it is targeting. Now, Roger Goodall, who's, who's the head of, head of the NFL, he says that this is really for NFL fans. He says the passionate and dedicated football fans are the lifeblood of the NFL and being able to reach and interact with them across multiple platforms is incredibly important to us. Uh, so he thinks it's for the fans. But uh, let's see, you're a, you follow the Patriots. Are you going to sign up? Well, I'm not going to sign up, but I don't think I'm really the target customer. And it's, it is an interesting question. Who is the target customer? Um, mobile only. That First of all, that implies, I think this was what Verizon used to have the rights to, and that deal that part of their deal i think wrapped up last season right that's that's correct and yeah verizon's not going to be carrying it any anymore but that's not to say that you can't get this on mobile if you don't have this service right because uh, i think in the new deal that they that um that the broadcasters have with the nfl they can they can also simulcast the games if they have a service in market which of course they all do now you can simulcast on your ott app your your internet tv app and of course you can run that on your phone so you'll be able to watch through your phone i'm assuming you'll be able to watch through your phone through those services and you know thursday night football which is the exclusive rights uh, are owned by amazon this uh, this season and going forward that of course you can watch on your phone as well with the app. So I don't think that the mobile, the ability to watch mobile, is exclusive at all. Well, it's it, it, correct. It sounds like it's not exclusive, but um, as we think about who this service is targeted to, um, it seems like it's clearly cord cutters, people who do not have any type of a pay TV service, whether it's virtual or traditional. Um, and hence don't have access to any of the games that they might otherwise receive. Now, Amazon is you know one exception, as you mentioned, and, and we also have uh, at some point the Sunday night ticket deal coming up, which is going to be, from all accounts, going to be on streaming as well. Um, but for the here and now, it looks like this NFL Plus service is targeted to uh, certainly to fans, cord cutters, and people who are uh, heavily mobile oriented in their viewing or, you know, are out out of home uh, during games and want to be able to follow the action. Now, how many of those people there actually are, I suppose, is another is another question, because you kind of think that anybody who's an avid NFL fan um, has hung on to their cord in some way or another, you know, maybe with a virtual service. We, we saw that uh, YouTube TV just passed five million subscribers and no doubt uh, they're skewing to a younger cohort there. So um, so it's not clear how many people there are, but my guess is that's who the target is. 
Yeah, but the thing is, Will, that I think the fact that you can't watch the live games on a TV is kind of a fatal flaw with with that. And, you know, I, looking at for Bruce, uh, Bruce Leishman, our friend Bruce Leishman's numbers, I checked them uh, when I was looking at this and thinking about if it was a good solution for the young. And the, the young are actually the the biggest users of connected TV. 62% of 18 to 34-year-olds, according to Bruce, watch video on a TV-connected device every day. So their preferred platform is clearly going to be the television for, for football, just like, uh, just like everybody else. But with this service, they can't get it. The, the, other, the other problem with the young will is that you know they're the ones that are really leaning into free and they're they're spending their money as wisely as they can uh, and and given the fact that if they're clever and you know they they put an antenna up on their roof or what have you or go, go to a local bar they can probably avoid having to pay anything to watch a game if they really want to watch it so I, I just don't think this is a very good fit for the young, for young people at all either be, because it's really not what some something that a young person would want to use because they're going to want to watch through TV and they would prefer to watch free and, it, you know, I just don't think it's a good fit for them. It, it, I mean, it's certainly a fair point about what the young, young people's use of connected TV is. I, I guess maybe one distinction is they may be again, those that want to use their connected TV to watch streaming entertainment so they may subscribe to, you know, a Netflix or um, Disney Plus or something like that. But when it comes to sports, they just haven't, um, you know, they've cut the court. They, they're not getting traditional broadcast and cable. Uh, and therefore, NFL Plus gives them some access, albeit mobile only, but does give them some access to be able to watch games at, at a much lower price point than if they were to have to subscribe for a you know $65, $70 a month virtual pay TV service. So again, I think there's I think there's some people just how many though is is really the question. Yeah, that's the big question. And I just don't think if that if that is the intention of Roger Goodall with NFL Plus, then I just don't think it's well pitched and, and it's a problem, right? Because the the NFL has a problem with younger people. I was looking at the composition of the audience for this, the last, you know, the last few Super Bowls, and I compared 2013 to 2022. In 2013, nearly half of the audience, 46% of the audience for that Super Bowl, was in the 18 to 49 range. Well, but but in 2022, that's fallen to 39%. So what that tells you is that the audience for NFL games is aging. And young people are turning away from it, and I just don't think that 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 this service, uh, with with the limitations that it, uh, it brings, is a good solution to help draw those eighteen to forty nine year olds that are walking away from the NFL. I think there are there are more systemic problems. I think, you know, asking asking young people to sit in front of something for three plus hours to watch the action. I think it's just, it's a problem for that younger demographic. They're just not interested in doing that. So I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's a good solution for young people. Yeah. I mean, I think that all of those are fair points. I guess another question to ask here is, um, you know, the NFL signed a very rich uh, extension to their broadcast and cable deals 
last year. I think carries him through what twenty thirty three. I think is the deal. That's um, right. And uh, you know that sort of firmly um, wedded them to the pay TV world for many years to come. And yet we see signs all around us of cord cutting and of shifts to streaming. So in a way, this is NFL kind of taking back some of the rights to have a direct to consumer relationship, at least for mobile only. And that might be a precursor to them understanding when eventually uh, they may be direct to consumer solely because um, you were I think you were working some of the numbers based on the new Comcast results that uh, were released today. We're recording on Thursday um, that they've lost, what, something like a million seven subscribers in the past two years. They have. And, and, and of course, in in Q2, they lost another half a million subscribers, yep. which is, you know, three percent of their their subscriber base gone in one quarter. So you've got to ask, I mean, geez, if. If things keep going this direction, are there, is there going to be any cable TV left by 2033? I'm I'm just not sure there is. And, and if there is, it's going to be a much, much smaller audience. And if it's a much, much smaller audience, do the economics work? I mean, these, these guys, these broadcasters are sort of bound into this contract through 2033 well. And if there aren't any, if there isn't any audience, how are they going to be earning the money through the advertising that they're expecting to earn? If uh, if if the eyeballs aren't there, you know, I, I just don't, I just don't see how uh, the deal is going to work out for for ten years if if pay TV continues to contract at the rate that it's contracting at the moment. Yeah, I think it's a real, I think it's a really good question. You know, it doesn't, I don't think the business can go to zero. That's, that's certainly not possible, but it could be a fraction of the size of what it is. And, you know, if you're making that assumption in your NFL, um, again, I think trying to take control over more control over your own destiny and develop these direct to consumer relationships, even maybe starting modestly, like with NFL plus is an important step. I think it's an important move for them. Um, so, uh, so you know, may not have huge appeal just yet, but it might be a good on ramp for them. Well, they certainly seem to think it's a very big step for them. Will so, yeah, I think it's it's a a very tentative entry into the direct to direct to consumer market. But when you look at it in the perspective of say what MLS has done with apple tv starting next season you know basically that apple tv is the home apple tv plus i should say is the home of mls going forward so if you're an mls fan it's easy you just go hopefully they'll have a a, a, you know a reasonable price on it but you just go to apple tv and you can watch every game you can watch your local games you can watch all the out-of-market games it's a really great deal so that's the sort of perspective that I'm looking at this at. And uh, I don't know, 10 years that I know there's an escape clause they can get out of the contracts after seven, but that still puts you at 2030. And I got a feeling they're going to, they could do that. Not only will it be difficult for the people that licensed the content through that period, it could be tremendously damaging to the audience, right? Because you put your audience in a position where if they want to watch, the games 
they may be forced to pay for an extremely expensive pay TV subscription, which they don't want. And uh, that, you know, that could have a lot more people turning their back on the games and just going and finding something else to do. Yep, these are all, these all reflect changing the changing times that we're living in, Colin. And actually, I think we wanted to make note also in the Comcast results that um, Peacock seems to have stalled out a bit here now also in Q2 after a big Q1. Um, They're... Uh, they stayed at 13 million paying subscribers and actually dropped just a smidge from 28 million uh, monthly active accounts to 27 million. Yeah, but they seem to be fairly optimistic for the the growth in the in the third, fourth quarter and third quarter. Will they? You know, they had some pretty significant events. I think they had the World Cup, Premier League kicks off again. Uh, in a few weeks here, so that should that should help draw people in as well. So I think there's a their sport seems to be really helping Peacock. So I I expect that that will kick up in the third and fourth quarter here. So we'll see a we'll see a lot of recovery there. But uh, you know I I don't see these these sports helping pay television particularly, and it's I there was I think. A lot of people were expecting pay TV that there will be a sort of a base level of subscribers that would stick around purely and simply because of the sports. I don't know. There are enough options now online. I don't think that I don't think that base is there anymore. I think people can get enough of the content online now that they don't need to stay with the big pay TV subscription. So. I don't know if there is a bottom to this at all, Will. I think it just keeps going down and down. And unless the price at some point starts to come down, there is a very definite end point we're heading towards here. So the idea that sports is the firewall was a myth after all, is what you're saying? I think it's turning out to be a myth. I think that the, the sports... Uh, leagues are beginning to recognize the the truth and the truth is if you want to follow the audience you've got to be online and you've got to do what mls are doing uh, and 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 go all in on streaming because that's where the people are any so anyway uh, i don't know i think that might be just about enough of my rant <laughs> for this week <laughs> go watch some soccer Colin. <laughs> i'm definitely going to do that this weekend you can bet Okay, we'll leave it at that for today. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, everybody, for listening in on this week's Inside the Stream. And we'll see you all again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of InScreen Media and Video News. All rights reserved.